we go. You ready to jump into the Word together today? Are you ready to jump into the Word together today? Let's come on. Let's do it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. And uh, before I go here, before we go any further. <clears throat> And I hadn't planned on saying this, so just bear with me as I kind of like eke it out here, okay, um, in the next cu- couple of minutes. Because what has come to my mind, um, we're going to talk about mothers today. And for the last several years, um, we have kind of avoided talking to mothers specifically on Mother's Day. We kind of talk to women. Because Mother's Day can be a very hurtful day for a lot of people. Um, I don't even want to spend time listing it all out. But I did have a gal write me two weeks ago and said, I want to write to you something before you get into Mother's Day. And how hurtful Mother's Day can be for certain women, and in her particular case, because she's never been able to have children. And she wanted me to know how hard it is for moms who can't have children, have not been able to have children, to come to church on Mother's Day. In fact, she told me that she spends a lot of her Mother's Day, she doesn't go to church because she doesn't want to hear about the, the hurtful thing inside of her um, that she cannot have children. It's just a reminder of that. I want to be very sensitive to that. I want to be very sensitive to some of you who... Um, didn't have a very good mom. And so Mother's Day is really hard because you don't have a relationship with your mom on Mother's Day. I want to be sensitive to um, maybe some women that are here today or online with us visiting online that feel like a major failure as a mom because of some things that have happened in your past or things you've been part of or things you've done. And so there's maybe some damage has been done, maybe some irreparable damage has been done. And so it's very hurtful for you when we talk about mothers, but if I could just have your permission today to lean into moms and talk to you about what's in the heart of a mother, especially a Christian mom. And the reason I want to do that is because we find ourselves in a world that seems to be confused and consumed with completely eliminating role distinction based on gender. We're in a very strange place in our world and especially in our culture because we live in a world that is totally misinformed on the original biblical idea of the nuclear family unit made up of one man. Are you listening? Is everybody checked in here? One man with one woman for life tasked with the glorious duty of being fruitful and multiplying the earth with children. We're losing this concept. And it's not being celebrated, and so I think it's important for us to celebrate it in the church of Jesus Christ. Knowing that we have brokenness all around us, I just want to bring to the surface that the attack on 
the family that I was just speaking of, leaves mothers, well, women, but mothers in particular, wondering what is the value of giving myself to the responsibility of motherhood? Why should I even enter into this thing? I mean, I was just the other day, I was listening to the news and I heard a congresswoman rename motherhood and rename it to birthing people. This is what our world is right now. This is what's happening. And we're devaluing, and by the way, it's not people, it's, it's satanic. Because you do know, we talked about this, Satan is at work against everything that God declares good, and he's trying to say that it is bad, and everything that God says is right, he's trying to convince people that it's wrong, and he's doing it in the family unit, and it's directly having an impact on motherhood. I mean, it is irrelevant and quite frankly a fair question in today's culture for women to say, can I even be successful at this thing? Is this assignment really valued and do I even want to be a mom? Well, I want to talk about that today. And I want to take you to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So if you want to take your Bibles out and go there, we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit in our study of 1 Thessalonians and our series called Better Days Ahead. And I wanna talk to you um, about some things about moms. And you might say, if you're a student of the book, you might say, wait a minute, isn't chapter four all about sexual impurity? Yes, it is. (laughs) But we're gonna gonna deal with that at another time. I wanted to focus on just verses one and two. And I want to pull from those two verses some golden nuggets of truth that will reveal the heart of Paul for these people, these new believers in Thessalonica. Now, these people can be called the children of the faith. Paul's and Silas and Timothy's children in the faith because they brought them into the family. They helped them with their rebirth and bringing them to salvation. And two weeks ago, we spent time hearing from Paul in chapter two, if you remember, and you were part of it with us, on how they not only cared for them like a father, but verse seven says in in 1 Thessalonians 2, we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of of her own children. We talked about the fact, what more tender analogy and word picture can you use for the way that they felt about these new believers, these children of of their faith? And that analogy describes that how they feel and what they desire for these Thessalonian believers is very much like what a mother feels for and hopes for her children. So today's sermon title is this, Every Christian Mother's Hope for Her Children. Now a lot of what I'm going to say is every mother's hope for her children, but but the things we're going to talk about today are especially true of a Christian mother. Every Christian Mother's Hope for Her Children. So if you've got your Bibles open, I'm going to go to the verse two verses of 1 Thessalonians chapter four, and I'm gonna read those, and then we're gonna break out some truth out of that, all right? Finally, dear brothers and sisters, and, and today we're gonna put in there, dear children. Finally, my children, you could put in there, because we're talk, they're talking to them as a mother talks to her children. So finally, my children, we ask and urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember what we taught you by the authority 
of the Lord Jesus. Let's jump in right now. Every Christian mother hopes her children will, number one, hear her voice. Now, I don't have to go one step further before I know some of you moms are already going, yep. That's what I want for my kids. I just want my kids to hear my voice. Any moms want to admit that? Any moms want to say, yes, that's what I want. Amen, Phil. Preach it. All right, I'm going to, okay, because this is what this verse, look at verse one. Finally, my children, dear brothers and sisters, look at the words. We ask and urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to what? To live in a way that pleases God. This is at the heart of every Christian mom. I want my children, I want to ask my children, and I'm going to urge my children that they walk in a way that pleases God. I mean, can't you just hear your mom right now? Can't you just hear her voice right now? I can. Now, Phil, you need to sit down, and you need to be still, and you need to listen to me because I have some things I need to say to you. That's what Paul is doing with these people here. My dear brothers and sisters, my children in the faith, I'm going to ask you and urge you that you live in a way and you walk in a way that pleases God, and he's going to spend the rest of the book telling us how to do that. And we're going to work on that sexual immorality, avoiding sexual immorality, and not living in sexual immorality is the very first thing on his list that we're going to work on next time. Can anybody but a mom calculate can anybody but a mom measure or even articulate the love and concern that a mother has for her children, especially a Christian mother? If you're not a mom, then you can't truly comprehend what God has put in the heart of a mother for her children. I know what I feel towards my children, but I don't, I can't touch that part of what Robin feels for her children. It comes out in the way that we discipline. It comes out in all kinds of ways. I discipline in a certain way. She disciplines in a certain way. I love in a certain way. She loves in a certain way. But there is a depth to her love and concern that a mother has for her children that's totally different that men don't even understand. We would actually do good to learn from them in that way. As I was contemplating this asking and urging, right, what does that mean? What does that look like for a mom? I want you to hear my voice and the, the constant asking and the constant urging. When I was contemplating this, my whole life flashed in front of me because I had a mom who was very verbal. And so I heard all these things that I heard my whole life. Where are you going? Who are you going with? When are you going to be home? Don't stay out too late. I remember this one. Make sure you're home before the streetlights come on. Did anybody else get that when they were kids? <laughs> of course. You know, like, and man, if the streetlights were on and I wasn't at home, buddy, I beelined at home because I had to be home by the time the streetlights came on. Did you brush your teeth? Did you make your bed? Is your homework done? Did you wash behind your ears? Did any of your moms tell you to wash behind your, make sure you wash behind your ears? You know, that I never made sense to me because there are other things that I think are, <laughs> that would be a higher priority 
that's all I got to say on that. But do you get it? Do you hear the, the asking and the, the constant, right? The constant asking and urging from our mother's heart. Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to say. Here's how you need to act, right? That's on the heart of every mother. In fact, Irma Bombeck is quoted as saying this, when your mother asks, do you want a piece of advice, it's a mere formality. It doesn't matter if you answer yes or no. You're going to get it anyway. (laughs) I mean, if your mom was like my mom, then you totally understand that. Sit up straight. Mind your manners. Please say, don't forget to say please and thank you. Did your mom ever tell you to do that? You know, like, and don't pick your nose in public. Hey, that's one for you. You need, to, you need to listen to that one. No, don't point to your sister. I'm talking to you, all right? That's for you. <laughs> this stuff, this is all real stuff to our moms. I mean, I could just hear my mom. Lavoy, she'd say, and that's my dad's name. Lavoy, he's not listening to me. And it would frustrate her so much whenever I would listen to or I would dismiss her. And I didn't want to listen to her. In fact, a lot of times before the Lavoie, he's not mislistening to me, I would hear these words. You just wait till your father gets home. <laughs> Lavoie, he's not listening to me. And then dad would make a difference. He would come to make a difference. <laughs> you know, all those things that I said that came to my mind, those are all important to our moms, and those were important to my mom. They're important to, like, every mom. But there are some things that are important to Christian moms that are always on their lips, that they're always trying to instill into their children. All the asking and the urging from a Christian mother sounds more like this, and I could hear my own mom's voice. I ask and I urge you in the name of the Lord, Phil, walk in a way that pleases God. Can you hear? This This is what Paul and Silas and Timothy were saying to these people. They're children of the faith. My mom would add things like, Don't live like the world lives. Hide God's word in your heart so that you won't, do you know what it, so that you won't sin against God. Come on, Phil, hide God's word in your heart. Be sure your sins will find you out. I hear my mom say that so many times. She didn't even care if we got caught because she knew God would catch us all the time. She'd be like, I don't need to to watch over that. God will take care of that. Be sure your sins will find you out. She said that over and over and over again. That's what she wanted me to know. It was important for her to understand that I, or for me to understand that if you hide your sin, you won't prosper. But if you confess and forsake your sin, then you'll find mercy. This is another one. Tell the truth, Phil, even when it hurts. Even if you think you're gonna get in trouble, tell the truth. She tried to drill that into me. How about this one? Blessings chase the righteous and curses chase the wicked. What do you want chasing you? What do you want coming after you, son? She said many other things, but one thing about my mom, and I, just, I will tell you this, that I, I lived in kind of a, I'm afraid to say this because my family might be listening online, but we were quite dysfunctional. We kind of were a strange family. We were very broken. There were six kids and 
we had a lot of issues. We fought a lot. We're a very loud family. I'm sure that surprises you. We yelled a lot. We fought a lot. We got in trouble a lot. My mom and dad were not perfect. We were all very broken people. But my mom and my dad had a very straight set of instruction. And if you give me permission to just share some of that with you, I did an interview with my mom this week, and I wanted to just hear, Mom, what was on your heart as you were raising children? I want you to just hear the things that my mom would say to us today. So the topic is what every Christian mother wants for her children. So when you, is it okay if I tell everybody you're 88 years old? Yeah, it was just yesterday, Cliff, Phil. <laughs> okay, so 88 years old, 68 years ago, you started having children. Right. And um, what was in your heart? What was in the heart of you and dad as you began a family? Not, I mean, you're brand new, you don't know what you're doing, just like all of us are. What was in your heart when you started having kids for your children? What did you want for your children? Well, naturally, you would feel like, uh, I would feel like whenever I was raising them, um, as they came along, we just um, wanted them to have a good life. But then as we read the Bible, there was one verse in there that was talking about, uh, I'd rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And uh, that was one verse that stood out with us because we did not want our children to be going out living in, in the world without the Lord. Hmm. So you had a desire, obviously, like every Christian parent wants their kids to know the Lord as soon as possible. Yes. And give their heart to the Lord. So you have four girls, right? You ended up with four girls, and that's a blessing to have four girls in the house, but you guys really wanted a son, right? Right. And so you've always told me a story about the conversation you had with the Lord um, as you were pregnant. Now, those were the days before you could tell whether you were having a boy or a girl before you actually had the child, right? Right. So what was your conversation with the Lord when you were pregnant with number five? Well, I had read about uh, Samuel in the Bible and about his mother, Hannah, and uh, how that she couldn't have a baby. Well, I had miscarried three times, and so I was really wanting a, another of a, a boy. And uh, so we were trying, and so I figured if, if Hannah talked to the Lord and he gave her the desire of her heart, then the Lord would give us the desire of our heart. But we had to do something, too. It wasn't just one way. And the other way was that if the Lord gave us a son, we would give him back to the Lord to serve the Lord. So you had six kids and all totally like different types of personalities and different children um, going all their different ways. And they start to have children. Did, how did things change in your heart? Um because your children are now having children. And so uh -huh. what began to change in your heart and dad's heart? Um, and what were your desires for your grandchildren? Did things shift? Did they change as time went on? Uh, well, one thing we, uh, we didn't, we weren't living next to any of them, which made it hard because we couldn't be there to help with their 
growing in the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we just prayed for them and it had took a lot of prayer. We just prayed for each one of our grandchildren that they would grow up. And we were very, very, um, with most of our children grew up and took their children to church, but um, uh, some of them didn't. And uh, so we were very, very thankful for the ones that did take their children to church because we felt that there was a future in that for the grandchildren. Mm. Uh, we did not want them to be out in the world, living like the world, but we wanted them to know the Lord. Well, Mom, you, um, I know that you and Dad had devotions every night before you yes. went to bed, right? Yes. Yeah, you guys, I remember you reading the Bible um, every night. And I, I was told that you prayed for your children and your grandchildren every night. Probably did. I can't remember if it was every single night. Um, I know that, that, that uh, my children and my grandchildren were the best were on my heart, just like my great grandchildren are now, that I want them to grow to know the Lord. And we were just blessed just recently being able to see one of our great granddaughters. Um, she was baptized and wow. she gave her heart to the Lord. So that was wow. a great blessing. Praise the Lord for that. So now you're 88 and um, things are a lot different for you. Dad's gone and you're alone a lot. You're living on your own. And so when you're in your times, when you're alone, when you're sitting on your porch, um, when you're late at night and you can't sleep and <clears throat> you're the, the, the faces of your children and your grandchildren and now your great grandchildren come to mind. What kind of things are you hearing from the Lord and what are you thinking about nowadays at this stage of your life? Well, I think like most of us as parents or grandparents, are concerned about the situation with the the way that our nation is going mm -hmm. and uh, whether or not they're going to have the freedom to take and to be able to serve the Lord. So those are the main things that go through my mind is and pray that they will have that freedom, that we will get back to where they can go and they can serve the Lord without having to worry about fear. Mm. Wow. I want to say one thing, Phil. I hear a lot of mothers who would say, oh, I don't want to force my kids into going to church. I want them to go because they want to. Well, children will take and they will live the way that you direct them. And uh, there's where you'll learn how to raise your children. You'll learn the, the good way, not the bad way. You will learn they will have the right kind of friends. And um, I never worried about where they're taking you kids to making you go because you, you wanted to go. There were times I'm sure you didn't want to go, but you went anyway. And that's where you made your friends. Mm. You always taught us this bad company corrupts good morals. And so pick your friends wisely. I know you always taught us that we taught our children that, and hopefully they're going to teach their children that, and we just keep that on going. Isn't she sweet? You know what's crazy about that? You may not have picked this up, but my mom is saying the same thing she said for the last 68 years of raising children. She's not saying anything different. I on purpose asked her, so now, mom, do you have something different you're thinking about for your grandchildren? No, not really. Do you have something different now that you have great-grandchildren, 21 great-grandchildren? No, not really. Take your kids to church. 
teach them the word of God, get them with the right kind of people, and don't be friends with the world. That's what she said our entire life, and all she wanted us to do is hear her voice. What do you think Sunday mornings look like in our house? (laughs) Get up, we're going to church. You heard that, right? In fact, they had some crazy little song um, that they would sing, my mom and my dad. Good morning, breakfast lovers, it's howdy-do-ya. Is that as irritating to you as it is to me? All right, I'm sure your mother has some crazy little song that she sang. You know, I know Robin has a crazy little song, and our kids mock her to this day for that crazy little song. But it was like, it wasn't an option. It wasn't like, hey, Phil, do you feel like getting up? Even though I was like, grumble, 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 grumble. Hey, get out of my room! Hear my voice, son. We're going to church. Amen. How many of us have been guilty of putting up defenses against our mother's voice? How many of us have been guilty of dismissing all of the asking and the urging of our moms and We've written them off as irritating, continuous, meaningless nagging. You know, this is especially tough for young boys that are trying to become men. It was really hard for me. It was an incredible challenge as I was 16, 17, 18 years old. It was like, please, mom, stop. I mean, literally, this is the face I had, and this is the voice, and this like, please, I've heard enough. Why the constant asking and the constant urging? Do you think I can't hear you? Don't you think I know this? Well, obviously, Philip, you don't know it. That's why the constant asking and urging. If I thought you got it, I would be able to stop with it all, right? You moms relating to this? I wish I could go back. I wish I could, I remember seeing the hurt in my mother when I did not hear her voice. I just want you to hear me that when we act like this towards our mothers and towards their counsel, we wound them in their very heart of hearts. I mean, I can hear the collective voices of all the moms of the world saying, hear my voice, child. I have some things I need to say to you that you need to hear from me. Hear my voice. I ask you and I urge you. And sometimes we're like, who are you to say that to me? I'm your mother. That's who I am. And you need to listen to me. I heard this and it just broke me. I read this this week. One of the greatest gifts you could give your mom if they're still with us today is to take them aside for a moment and say, Mom, tell me whatever you want me to hear and don't worry and I won't interrupt. Share your whole heart with me and I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen and I'm going to take it all in. How many moms right now hearing my voice are starting to tear up a little bit? 
at the thought of being honored by their children in such a way. Oh, how I wish I had learned that lesson so long ago. How much easier would we make it for our moms? How honored and valued would they feel if we would just stop and listen to their voices and not dismiss them? Because maybe, maybe, just maybe, they know a little more and they can see a little clearer the path that lies before us as their children. Moms hope that their children will hear their voice. Here's the second thing. Every Christian mother hopes their children will follow her example. Look at verse one again. We ask and urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. Here it is. As we have taught you. You live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. Your Bible Um, might say something like, as you receive from us, in that place is as we have taught you. This is more to do with living instruction opposed to classroom discussion. Do you understand that, the difference between that? I mean, you've heard it said, right, more is caught than taught, right? Well, godly values are, I would just like to say this, are better caught than taught. Children take more notice of what their parents do than what they say. In fact, where did these new believers in Thessalonica learn how to walk and continue to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and in a manner pleasing to the Lord? They learned it through the example of Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And this is so Paul to write like this because Look what he said. I'm going to show you what he said to the Philippians, the church at Philippi. Philippi was just a couple of towns over. In fact, it was the first place that they stopped on this journey to Thessalonica and preached the gospel. And in Philippians 4, 9, he says to them, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. And here it is. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. This is at the heart of every Christian mom. Follow me. As I follow Christ, watch me, learn from me, act like me, mimic me. Here's a picture. Here's here's a picture that helps us understand this right here. Do you see, do you understand this? Are you watching this happen right now? It's springtime and we got all kinds. I asked the girls in the office, should I put a goose up there or should I put a duck? And they go, well, a duck, of course. Okay, so ladies, this is for you. But what, what's happening here? You know what's, this is a whole nother sermon. Maybe I'll just go off of this for Father's Day, but where's the dad? I won't go there. Here's mom. And what are the ducklings doing? Following mom. Learning where to go. Learning how to swim. Learning where to eat. Learning what to eat. Learning what not to eat. Anybody notice something very obvious about this picture, though, that stands out to you, that stood out to me? Yeah. You got that one dude, and he's he's trying to get out in front of mom. How many of us are like that? How many kids are like that? They're like, I know more. I know more than mom does. That's the sound of getting run over in the road. (laughs) 
That's what happens if you get out in front of mom. Because mom's teaching you, and you watch this, you watch it out in nature. Mom is teaching those kids, and whenever they're trying to go the wrong way, what is she doing? I'll guarantee a junior up there, I don't know why I call him junior, maybe it's the little daughter, I don't know. But junior, I guarantee a junior, pretty soon, mom's going to go, peck, get back in line. Because that's what moms do. Hear my voice and follow my Example, just like Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. And that's all good and well, right? Can I say this on Mother's Day? It's all good and well if moms are following Jesus. If moms are living the example, right? I mean, can I ask you that, mom? Can I ask you how's it going on that? Because your walk has to be louder than your talk, right? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe your talk should be louder than your walk. Just do what I say, don't do what I do, do what I say. Who respects that? Nobody. And so moms, can I challenge you on Mother's Day? How are you doing on your walk? Are you following the way of the Lord? Are you following the path? Are you walking in every day in an increasing manner in a way that pleases God and teaching your children to follow you? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Who is that written to? Mom and dad, specifically today, moms. Moms, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I'm giving you, check it out, before you try to tell your children to do it. And once you start walking in those ways, and you're setting the example, in the, not, can I just say, not perfectly, can the perfect mom please stand up? We don't have any, right? We're all broken. So it's not perfectly following all of that, but it is increasing in an increasing manner you're following in that way, that path. And then verse seven, then you can repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let it permeate your life. Say anything you want to say to them. Tell them how to do it because you're setting an example for them. But don't try to tell your kids what to do if you're not gonna live it yourself because they're just gonna go... They, they're going to go, anyway. But especially if you're not living it before the Lord. Follow my example. Watch me. Learn from me. I'll show you how you ought to walk to please God. I came across this poem. Love it. Children, learn what they live. From a gal named Dorothy Law Nolte. Here it is. If children live with criticism, they learn to condemn if children live with hostility, they'll learn to fight. If children live with fear, they'll learn to be apprehensive. If children live with pity, they learn to feel sorry for themselves. If children live with ridicule, 
they'll learn to feel shy. If children live with jealousy, they'll learn to be envious. If children live with shame, they'll learn to be guilty. If children live with encouragement, they learn confidence. If children live with tolerance, they'll learn patience. If children live with praise, they'll learn appreciation. If children live with acceptance, they'll learn to love. If children live with recognition, they'll learn that it is good to have goals. If children live with sharing, they'll learn generosity. If children live with honesty, they learn truthfulness. If children live with fairness, they'll learn justice. If children live with kindness and consideration, they'll learn respect. And here's finally, if children live with security, they'll learn to have faith. Wow. Hear her voice. That's what she wants. Follow her example. And here's the last thing, and we close with this. Every Christian mother hopes her children will remember her instruction. Remember her. Anybody want to just shout amen before we even jump in? Any ladies want to shout amen? Amen. (laughs) Thank you. I know my mom would be right now. Verse two, you remember what we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Back to verse one, you're living in a way that pleases God and you're continuing to do so. Here it is, verse two, because you have remembered all that we taught you. Now remember who's writing this, okay? With, go with me here, Paul, Silas, and who? Timothy. Timothy's a young convert. Timothy is on his first missionary journey. He's learning how to do ministry under Paul and Silas. But Timothy is involved in writing this. And I want to finish this sermon going to 2 Timothy chapter 3. So if you want to jump there with me in your Bible, I will also have it on the screen. But I've got to show you this. So Paul, you're going to love this. Paul is the father of the, in the faith, of Timothy's father in the faith, but Paul is also his mentor and his example, and he's taking him along and he's teaching him. So in the book of Timothy, First and Second Timothy, those are letters written by Paul to Timothy, who is now a young pastor in a church, after this whole Thessalonica thing. He's an elder in the church, and Paul's teaching him, remember these things, and here's how to be a good pastor. So look at verse 16. He wants him to remember that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. This is the foundational passage of why we stand on the word of God. This this is describing the power and purpose of the word of God. Didn't Gino do an awesome job last week instructing us on the power, the purpose, and the completion of God's living, active word as it goes out? I loved how he described all that to us. But Paul was reminding this young pastor, Timothy, of these things, and then you have to see this. Go to verse 14. I want you to see this. This is so critical. You must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You hear it? You know that they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. So he's saying, you need to be faithful to the things that you were taught. You can trust what you were taught because you can trust those who taught you. You got it? Verse 15, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and those Scriptures, are you listening, everybody? The Scriptures have given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 16 to say, and this is what the scripture also does. It teaches you right from wrong. It guides your path. It keeps you from sin. It gives light to your path so you even know where to go. Do you see it? 
This is so awesome. This is so the process. Look, look at what he's saying to them. Timothy, from childhood, you were taught from the scriptures. Continue now, and don't forget who taught you. Do you know who that was? Go to verse five if you don't know. Go to verse five of chapter one in 2 Timothy. Paul says, I am reminded of your genuine faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and is evident now lives in you also. Do you see this? This is the process. This is so the hope of every Christian mother for her children. A grandmother, Lois, pressed those scriptures into her child, Eunice, and Eunice teaches her son, Timothy, and now Timothy is involved in massive ministry, worldwide, global ministry, taking the gospel and pressing in how to live according to the scriptures in the hearts of people around the world. Is, does that excite anybody but me in the room here? This is the power of a mother and a grandmother who's doing ministry and pressing into the lives of their children, and their children are going out, and generation after generation of Christ followers are making a difference out in the world. That is totally at the heart of every godly mother that her children would love and serve the Lord all the days of their lives and then pass that on to their children, right? I'd like to close with one more little clip of my mom. You okay with that? Just listen to her voice one more time. Okay, so you get an opportunity um, on Sunday. You're gonna, your face is going to be before a whole congregation of people. And in that um, congregation is a bunch of young mothers. In fact, this Sunday um, on Mother's Day, we're going to have 20, about 25 families are dedicating their children. So we're going to have a big baby dedication and dedicate 25 children uh, to the Lord. So if you had, here you are, you've raised six children, 15 grandchildren, 21 great-grandchildren, What's the one piece of advice you would give all these young moms as they're raising their brand new ones? To start them out in the church right away from the time that they are old enough to go for you to take them into out, you know, from babies, um, because that's where they're going to have the right people that they'll have in their life. That's where they will also have the right teaching and that's where they'll have the most fun because the, the fun in the world is not fun. Hmm. They might go out and play games and things, but there's always some bad stuff that happens and you don't want your children to take and have their, um, they, you know, their aim to be that way. You want them to be able to go to church and have fun. Hmm. And uh, there, is, there is joy in serving the Lord. And your Sunday school teachers and uh, your pastor and the other people that you put into their lives will be who will help to uh, form your children. That's awesome. We were just talking just last week how the church is a, um, a partner. You partner with the parents to help them raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. 
and hopefully they'll grow up to take that. Um, it won't be just a religion to them. It will be a, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and then they will continue on and serve the Lord. Well, that's uh, it's pretty special to have you doing this. I really wanted, hopefully, I was hoping we could get you here in person, but thank God for technology that we can connect like this, and you can actually speak into the hearts of the young moms um, that are here in attendance today. So uh, thanks for giving them your time, and thank you for being um, an amazing mom. I know that you have always lived the example before me, and, and all of the kids in the home, you always directed us. All the things that you're saying, I just coming back to my mind because that's exactly what our life was. It's like every time the doors of the church are open, you guys are going to be there because it was our life. It was we had, it was our family within our family, um, the church of God. And you taught us to love the church and to love Jesus. And you loved us in a fantastic way. And I just want to thank you for all of that. I love you, Mom. I love you, too, and I'm very thankful the Lord gave me my son. Well, I'm thankful for you. Happy Mother's Day, and uh, we'll see you soon. I don't know. Thank you for indulging me on that. I, um, I don't know how much longer I have my mom. You know, she could live another 10, 12 years. I don't know, but... Um, I want to change the way that I honor her. But what I really wanted you to hear, because I gave her one last shot at you all. I said, all right, Mom. You can say whatever you want to say. You know what she went right back to? The same message. Get your kids in church. Teach them the word. Put them around people that love them. And we'll train them and help them. And then keep them from sin. That's what her, she's been saying that all my life. How awesome is that? So moms, happy Mother's Day. I want to admonish you as we go with these words from scripture. Don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of saying it. <laughs> if I have to say this one more time, don't get tired of it. At just the right time, you will reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Keep going. We need your voice and we need your example. Hey, kids, y'all listening? Kids in the room. Big kids, too. Let's give our moms the desires of their hearts. Let's hear their voice, really hear their voice, follow their example, and remember their teaching and pass it on from generation to generation. Let's all stand together and let me pray over you as we go. Lord, we thank you for Christian moms that love us, that love you first, and then press that into all of us, and I'm grateful. 
I pray that you'll bless our moms here that are working as hard as they know how. I pray that you'll strengthen them, that you'll encourage them, that you'll help us as their children honor them and listen to them, respect them, with full knowledge that you gave them to us. You could have given us any mom. So I pray that you'll encourage all of our moms here today as they go out and that we'll all honor them in a very special way today. Strengthen those who are discouraged today, Lord. For whatever reason there might be, I Maybe they're discouraged today because they didn't have a mom who spoke truth into them. I just pray that you'll speak truth into that woman and inspire her to speak truth and to live the example before everyone in the church. Strengthen the hearts of moms that have failed in the past and strengthen the hearts of our women who truly desire to be a mother and either can't be or have not had the chance yet. Lord, we all are on this journey together. So I pray that you'll strengthen all of our feeble knees and that you'll protect us from the evil one and his attack and help us to go out and live in a manner worthy of our calling and live in a manner in an ever-increasing way to please you, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ and God our Father. And it is in his name, Jesus' name that we pray this. Amen. God bless you as you go and spend time with your families today. We love you. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for joining us for this morning's online service. Our hope is that it ministered to your heart deeply, and we pray that it inspires you to love God, love people, and influence our world with the gospel of Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today, or you'd like prayer in your life, we'd invite you to fill out an online connection card by clicking on the link. If you haven't downloaded our church app yet, now's a great time. It has tons of resources and opportunities that you can take advantage of. Finally, you can check out our website, fbclcart.org, to stay connected with us. We hope you have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you right back here next week, same time.